0: Radio. This episode is an interview with Dan Amitrano who heads up Northland Paranormal based out of Eli, Minnesota and their different paranormal group. He's actually a native-based paranormal group which makes it for me personally a lot more interesting uh, because you get to see a little bit of a different side of it. But I am going to tell you this interview, there's not really much of an introduction. (laughs) When we got on the phone together, we just started talking, and that's kind of where the episode starts. So uh, go check him out. Go follow him on Facebook. You can find him at Northland Paranormal. We also, at about, I don't know, 40, 45-minute mark... We got a pretty wild ass EVP that he captured and I don't know what to make of it. I played it and then I slowed it down in the next clip right after it. It's just really really weird and it's super creepy. So for those of you who are into EVPs, this one will definitely send chills down your spine. I don't know what to make of it, I'm not a paranormal investigator, but just talking to him and listening to it, definitely creepy. Before we get going with this episode, though, I do have to thank new Patreon subscribers. I have Justin Nelson and Stuart Kindred. Thank you two very much for your donations. I hope you're enjoying the backlog on Patreon. I think I just uploaded like two more mini-episodes right before this episode, so hope you enjoy those. Um, And yeah, all you people in the $10 tier, please get a hold of me. You can email me, justin.mcpodcast at gmail.com. You can message me on social media. Let's get those uh, video chats going. Get those done for the month. I always ask, please give me a week heads up so I can prepare and... I'm usually the type of person I like to actually enjoy the conversation, so I don't want to be rushed and have shit to do afterward, so if you give me that heads up, it uh, usually works out for the better for everybody, so I can actually enjoy myself, and you guys can too, and we can all sit down and have some drinks together and just talk about weird shit or crime cases, whatever the case may be. So with that being said, here's the interview with Dan. But yeah, um, I'm ready to go if you are, dude. All right. Well, I really don't have much of a structure, by the way. It's more of a kind of like a free conversation. But uh, basically, I'll start off with, um, you know, just how you got into the paranormal. You know, maybe something happened because for me personally, that's I grew up in a house with a shitload of activity. And that's how I ended up getting into it. And uh, usually that's the case with a lot of paranormal investigators and stuff like that. And, uh, but yeah, and then we can kind of progress from there.
1: First off, let, let me just say, man, I'm completely, uh, humbled and honored that you just took the time out to offer, um, just a podcast to just speak with me right off the bat. I mean, that is really cool. So (laughs) I, I thank you. And I just want to let you know that if there's anything as far as for what you support or what you, what, you know, is like in your heart or whatever, let me know so we can, like I said, that I can chip in my, what I need to do too, because it's, you know, that's what it's, you know, you hear a lot about para-unity, but for me, like, when when people say, like, the para-unity, you know, that's great and all, you know, I always think about everybody coming together saying kumbaya, that's what I think about when when it's para-unity, but... You know, another thing that somebody had brought up was para integrity. I thought that even hit hit more deeper as far as you know, I I look at it as like the idea of para unity or that aspect is like not just, Oh, you know, we're okay, we're you know, trying to support each other, which is yeah, that's even great. But that's like for me it's like the three AM call that says, Hey, I might you know, I'm over on I'm like 100 miles or 50 miles away or something my car broke down man uh can you help me out and i'm getting up at four in the morning yeah you know or something going on yeah, with my definitely. family uh can you watch you know like can you watch my kid or something like that while i get this stuff taken care of i'm like yeah
0: that's exactly dude and that's uh that's one thing a lot of genres lack is that um brotherhood and sisterhood and shit i agree 100 percent you don't see it very often nowadays, usually for the true crime genre. Cause I do a lot of, uh, you know, unsolved crimes and stuff like that sure. as well. And for that genre, it's a dog eat dog world, dude. Like you might have three or four people that you talk to. And other than that, you're nice on social media, but you keep to yourself because everybody, no matter what is always out there trying to either one up you or make you look bad or something like that. And it's same, I haven't really experienced it too much with paranormal yeah. groups and shit like that, because a lot of paranormal podcasters, they really don't fucking like me that much, because I'll do cases, and my main goal is to debunk mm-hmm. them. and everybody's like, oh, he's just a, he doesn't believe, and it's like, dude, I believe I grew up with this yeah. shit. But here's the deal, like, that word that you said, integrity, it's like, I'm not going to come out here and lie just to sensationalize something, you know, for the sake of downloads. A lot of my listeners appreciate that fact, because I'll admit when there's shit, that's unexplainable for sure. But at the same time, like, if somebody's bullshit and I'm going to call yep. them out on it. I'll be like, listen, man, there's nobody that fucking died in this house, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah. I don't know where they're coming up with these stories, because they just started popping up in, like, 97, you know, like you know, new owners bought the house. All of a sudden it's haunted and they're paying money to stay the night there, you know, or charging money. And it's like, this is kind of fucked. And, uh, but no, and I'm the same way too, man. And I don't advocate for too many things. Like one of the few things I do advocate for is obviously like missing, missing people and unsolved people, especially yes. kids, even though it's a gut wrenching thing. I'm, I got two boys that are 10 and 12 and it's gut wrenching to report on that shit the other thing is, uh, my nephew has down syndrome. So I'm a really huge advocate in October for down syndrome awareness okay. month and shit like that. So it's about where my, where my fucking interest is, man. <laughs> you know? Well, no, you know, that's what I advocate for, dude. It's pretty simple. really.
1: <laughs> you highlight a very, very, um, in you know, interesting or very, very critical point is that, um, one of the fatal flaws, the biggest thorn in our, in our ass is, um, the idea that, you know, everything is haunted and, you know, everything's this and that. And, and, of course, you've seen it as well as I have, you know, these circle pictures that are like, can you see the face? Can you see the, can, <laughs> can you see what I'm trying yeah, to j- show you? And I'm like, yeah, it's a it's a chair, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we gotta, I mean, even, even other uh, paranormal investigators and other people in general, it's like, I'm sorry. Like, if we want to go forward, if we want to be taken seriously, if we want to be respected and have credibility, we need to be like, I'm, I'm telling you right now, your pictures, your picture's crap. You, oh, well, I've been in here 50 years. I'm like, sorry, but when it comes to your feelings, fuck <laughs> your feelings? Um, We got to move. We got to, you know, I mean, we, we're just not like patting your head and going, well, you know, it's how you feel if that's the way you feel and, you know, all your feelings, you know. <laughs> because we that's just everybody's just into this feelings and uh, so
0: I don't think the fucking TV shows helped any because now everybody thinks that you know because Zach Bagans gets fucking possessed once a week on TV and fucking yep. goes outside and has to shake it off and he's fine you know and it's everybody's like oh you know it's the sign of a possession and I'm like no I'm pretty sure you have fucking anxiety okay you know yep. like I'm pretty sure oh, you're sure. not fucking possessed by anything
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> I personally, one of the things for the TV shows, I will say that they they brought forth the, the the paranormal to the rest of the community and stuff. And I know that there are there are different types of people. There's people that just want to curl up on the couch and go point at <laughs> every little dust or little orb saying that goes. You go, oh, did you oh yeah, oh, did you see that and stuff. And I get it. When you're doing a television show, you know, people don't want to sit there for six hours or something until they find something. And I get that you have to condense it and make it exciting and make it blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, is like the problem is, you know, and it always it always ends up it always plays out like this for the most part is like. Even when, like, rock bands, you look at rock bands and stuff, it's like, you know, when they came out with their first album, one or two, it's like they were fire. It was like this hunger was. And uh, later, when they they get up above this certain level, and then it's like, come join us on our live cast and point out what you see and stuff. And then you got tons of people going, hey, i seen this, hey, i seen that. There ain't no answer. Like, I don't know who you, you know. I guess what really, really kind of gets me is the fact that, okay, so... They'll do a story on a family, and at the end of the mm-hmm. at the end of the show, they'll say, "Well, yeah, such and such family had to move out, and well, that's great." But you know what? I want to know when you're coming back to this home or, or another yearly episode. Hey, we came back. Like, you know what? What's going on with this family, man? Like, how are they doing? Like, do they need any more help? It, it's just like they had to move out or whatever, and then you know we'll never know. And it's just like, well, yeah, we do want to know because. When you work with clients, I tell people all the time, it's like once you interact with me, whether you're just a curious person or you're a client, you're an owner of a building, you automatically become para- is parafam. It's like even if the haunting or, you know, or something was um, taken care of and the spirit was released, um, it goes above and beyond like, okay, so where's your mental health at? Where's your physical health at? Where's your um, how are things going on in your life? It just doesn't end. It's like it, you know. It's like that blood in, blood out. You know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, exactly. And that's what the only thing about the show is, and like the fans are not everybody, not everybody, but a lot of them are just they're not interacted with how they should be. They're not, and I can't blame them either because this is all that they see is you know like. I think what what's really cool it's like for time and time again it's like these the independent groups like um like i got a guy i speak with uh from southern paranormal and um he's got there's paranormal education 101 you know that type of stuff it's like when people actually see like it's not like the show is you're gonna be sitting here i mean you think fishing is bad you know know, you're gonna be putting putting some hours in, in like the Research is so important and stuff, but there's th- there's times too where I get an idea of what a what a site is or you know and what's going on behind it and stuff. And yeah, there's a, maybe tons of research more about it, but if I know that I'm going to be investigating this place for a couple more times or something, I like the fact that like I come across a, a statue or something or okay, well what's this and I don't really hear too much about it. But then later on, it's a, while I'm doing it and I'm like, oh wait a minute, yeah that statue, what well, what's going on with that? And so it's like it not only gives you more motivation, but it's you're finding all these clues and you're not doing it all in one shot. So it's like, yeah, I know about this. Yeah, I know about this. And I'm sure you're with the true crimes and stuff that you're going for hours and researching and stuff. And then when you find these pieces and they start coming together and like, oh, man, like I'm right there, you know, like so close. I'm so close. (laughs) And you get that final piece and you're like, oh, my. Yeah. Yup,
0: know? yep. and it all makes sense after.
1: It's like I got it. It's perfect.
0: Perfect sense, you know.
1: Good things never come easy, and uh, that's why the education part is, you know, so important. But going back to your first question, um, the reason why I got into a par- into the paranormal was I had a visitation dream that happened about three times. My mother had a friend named uh, Ted Stonich, and he liked her. She didn't really care for him too well, but he'd come over for coffee and stuff. He was like a, a Korean war vet, and they would sit in the, the kind of like the surf of this kind of like kitchen area. And uh, I was probably about 9 or 12, and I talked with him once in a while, but I didn't really have a real relationship with him. He would always leave like cigarettes or something for her or something like that every Monday while he ended up passing away, and then two weeks later, one of the first dreams I had was, or I remember I'm um, getting up. It was kind of like dark, but there was the moon kind of shining in the window where he smoked, and like he was just looking at me and just had these aqua-like blue glowing eyes, and this you could just see the smoke just kind of from his cigarette just lift up towards the, towards the thing. Didn't say nothing, just stared at me, and, I, and that was like my first dream, and I'm like, well, okay, you know, didn't think too much of it. And then the second dream I had was... I was talking with my mom and she was making our dinner and stuff. And I hear him, uh, somebody trumping up the our steps and opening the door. And he walks in and his he's got just a sunken face. His eyes, the eyes, I remember, were just a pale, pale gray. And his mouth just moved like, you know, he was talking about, was trying to talk about something, and, and you know, but there was no words. And my mom was just like, oh, hey, yeah, it's, you know. Ted just come on in or something and I'm looking at him walking just right past me didn't, didn't acknowledge me nothing just he just whatever and that stripped me up and I I woke up and I'm a boys sport uh Native American from the um boys sports uh tribe and here in uh, Minnesota and stuff and so this is a you know a common thing among our our people and um and I asked my mom. I said, "He's your friend. <laughs> Why is he like coming to me?" And you know, and he's <laughs> like, "Well, I think I think he's trying to tell you something. I don't know what it is." But so I uh, had the third dream, and he didn't really have any family. Nobody really came to his funeral or nothing like that. The third dream was just me in the cemetery, um, just saying goodbye. And after that, I never had a, I never had a um, an experience like that, as far as for the dream wise you know ever since her visitation from him and I think he just simply needed some sort of acknowledgement that hey I passed away you know somebody at least let me know and um yeah from that story I ended up getting in contact with this uh, like a paranormal magazine their name is Twin Ports Terror out of uh, out of the Duluth area and stuff so I ended up calling a bunch of community members cuz I'm not so much into the into the story thing so we finally managed to get my ideas down and stuff and written in a written in a cool format. So that should be published here in uh, October within the next few weeks and stuff. But that was the story that I, you know, I posted nice. in the pa- or local paper and just to kind of give an idea of what was going on. You know, when it comes to the paranormal, what I'm trying to do is besides the go in the house, film it show my pictures and stuff, rinse and repeat. I'm trying to take the paranormal into a lot of kind of other areas. So for one of the things is, you know, doing the fundraising and the charities and stuff, you know, the volunteer work. I sponsor two programs. One is Midwest All-Star Wrestling, Throne Combat, which used to be North Star Combat. Stefan Bonner, who, I don't know if you ever watched like the, The Ultimate Fighter back in like the season one, You know, when he fought against (laughs) Horace Griffin or something and won that, he actually is the president now of Throne Combat. And Midwest All-Star Wrestling is, uh, we're having a grand slam here coming up in November. This deals with uh, Women of Nations, their domestic abuse shelter that, you know, helps to outreach for women and children of domestic abuse. So we pull in wrestlers from, like, in the month of November, we'll have Jerry the King Lawler. um, We'll have Kurt Angle. Some other wrestlers too on that aspect, but yeah, and it's just one. Day, it's one day where local sponsors and stuff like that can sponsor uh, at-risk youth too to be able to come to these events. So, on that aspect, I show I'm trying to show that it's not just about the ghosts. You know, it's about your spirituality within yourself, your physical health, your you know all that. Because it, even when you're doing crime work, you need to be on your game. If your mental health is all uh, sorts. You know help to anybody so and then also to promote the education, come out with these fun workshops for people that's one of the things I really have against ghost tours, and I know I get it. we have a one that um, one of the TV shows had visited uh, a few years ago or something, and I get that they're trying to capitalize on you know that aspect to bring people there and stuff to fix their place, but the thing I have against the ghost tours is that they come and they say, "Okay, such and such happened. Here are the areas we think are haunted. Okay, you have about uh, about an hour, or so go have fun, go play, <laughs> you know." And so you got people yeah. that are wandering <laughs> around like like the like that Sims game, <laughs> just going and pointing their phones or something, and they, they just have no clue. And it it like gets me. It really does. I'm like, these people deserve better. I just I don't know what it is, but what I try to do is, we have a site in our state called the Buell Cemetery, and it's a really it's just a really cool cemetery. And um, and I've been kind of thinking about the class, you know, kind of how to structure the class and stuff. But for the most part, my vision is, I really like to work with a small amount of people. I think it's just smaller, works better as far as for one-on-one. I like to have them just come in, like we have a studio called the Psycho Arts Studio in Ely, and it hosts a bunch of other things. Like we just um, I think you notice one of the signs that I had we had done because we just had, we all we still do this Greenwood fire that's been burning kind of close to our, it was burning close to our town. And so Susan Lane, who makes cakes and stuff, she was uh, structured this event so we could make these uh, signs to thank the firefighters and um, everybody, you know, for, for doing this and stuff. So I'd love to just pull people in and go, okay, forget all what you've seen about the, the TV shows and stuff. This is how it happened So it's like, okay, so first off, here's what it's totally about, and then we'll have you do the recording, we'll have you do the video, we'll have you do, this is exactly what it's like to be at the meeting, like the Mission Impossible. I always, you know, refer to it as like, this is what's going on for here. <laughs> they get out in the field and they're you know, they're knowing what kind of questions to ask, they're knowing what to do with a video camera, they're knowing how to do the, the research um, as far as for putting what stuff down at the times and stuff, and then have a have a breakfast in the morning or something, and go. Okay, this is how we go ahead and do it for the analyzing. This is what we do for the video, and this is what we do for comparing this research, building a report, and then having this all turned into like a CD for them, so that they can go, you know, and say, "Wow, yeah, I met I met this couple, you know," and it brings people together. So they're like, "Yeah, remember remember a couple of years ago when we uh, you know, did this really kind of a investigation on this thing." And they come away learning with so much, just being a part of it and not just thrown into the mix and all that stuff.
0: Let me ask you this, though. Going going back a little bit in time here, you being of Native American descent, this paranormal stuff when you were a kid wasn't exactly frowned upon. You weren't told, oh, it's just a bad dream. Don't worry about it. And I think that is something that is interesting just because of the differences there. So it was, was it somehow or somewhat encouraged like when you were growing up because of your, because of your uh, heritage yeah, and background? Um,
1: Cause in my early uh, years and stuff, visiting my, my relatives and stuff on the reservation, I was at the point in my life where I wasn't diluted by all the different other, uh, beliefs what people had and so it kind of provided a safe space to for even the adults i mean to to share um what they experienced for years it, it just became a became such a natural thing it was just easier to be able to look at things objectively people would say well you know native americans you know they believe you know they'll believe whatever but Contrary to popular belief, they're just a skept- Just a skeptical and stuff. So it's yeah, yeah. They're not gullible. It's they're like- not gullible. <laughs> I mean,
0: they're just more. They're just more open about it, the the belief system because of the spirituality. Because yeah, yeah, that's what I've always found anyway. And it's I personally I love it because they are more open about the spirituality side of life and death.
1: Yep, I think if anything, cutting all the the beliefs aside and stuff, um, the ability to be able to just speak with anybody nowadays openly is such a rare commodity. You definitely can't do it on social media. You, <laughs> Usually not no. <laughs> you now. and it's so sad because when you don't have anybody to talk to and you don't have anybody to express what you're doing, sometimes man, I can get oof, I can get kind of lonely. Um, that can get pretty pretty intense, too, because I can't tell you how many times, like, people would just be standing around, and you literally just go, oh, hey, what do you think about this, or something, and boom, they're like, well, you know, <laughs> people are aching, man, they're just aching, and just <laughs> talking, and express and stuff, and
0: I, I don't know, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> what made you want to start your paranormal group, like, at the end of the day, was it one single event, or was it something that just kind of built up over time, and you were just... All right, yeah, this is what I need to do
1: honestly, it was like a constant itch ever since being a being a teen it was always in the back of my mind like I never knew exactly like what I really wanted to do with it or anything. It was just like hey this is this is like a calling to you let's when are we gonna get on this and then as soon as I learned more it got to be where hey people need help how can you use the paranormal in order to reach out and expose and um bring people that are in that need help so yeah it started as a niche now it started as a need to just help and connect with with people that are uh, just simply you know the ones that are just curious because the ones that are just curious are actually the ones that can say oh you know i never thought paranormal was like this yeah started as a an niche and then just became a, a need to be able to help people and um i wanted to also present kind of like the prep the paranormal in a fresh perspective because I think for years we've kind of just got it into the into the treadmill of okay yeah he's gonna go into place and do his thing and okay 20 minutes yep let's go to the next episode <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Best Fiends so now that things are kind of back to normal it's fall we're gonna be spending a lot of time with friends and family. There is one thing that I will still be doing, and that is playing Best Fiends. And I can still be playing it while I'm doing all that other stuff too. As you know, I spend a lot of time looking into strange occurrences. Weird, mysterious deaths, UFOs, paranormal events. But when I do need a break and I need that mental palate cleanser, I play Best Fiends. It's a really casual and fun game that anybody of any age can play. You can play it right on your phone, and you don't even need the internet. I love it because it's challenging, makes me think a little bit, there's always new levels popping up, and there's always some kind of new events coming out every month, so it really doesn't get old. And I usually play it whether I have a few minutes to spare, or I'm just trying to kill a couple hours, really doesn't matter. One of the things that keeps my attention is the bright colors. And you can level up all these characters and then try to match them for the best way to beat that level. And when you're playing with your friends, everybody can see your rank. I'm up to 255 right now. It didn't even take me that long to get there because the game is very, very fun. So engage your brain, collect a ton of Q characters. And with over 100 million downloads, this 5 star rated mobile puzzle game is a must play. So go download Best Fiends for free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Is there some specific spots that you hit early in the career or, I mean, even currently in your particular area that you feel very, very strongly about that I don't want to say you're scared of, obviously, but you usually go in with caution, and if anybody goes in, you're just like, hey, this is probably one of the worst places I think I've been to, so watch your back. Is there any places like that around there?
1: Yeah, I would definitely have to say, as far as for the um, the Minnesota area, probably the, you know, the Beale Cemetery, um, it has the aspect of where there's a kind of like the positive areas, and then over and kind of like the, the darker areas people have just kind of experienced, um, some interesting, you know, like things felt like they've been really dark. It's kind of one of those things where it's different for everybody, but, um, yeah, the Buell cemetery is probably the one I can, can honestly say, you know, I feel totally strong about. I haven't done any of the, like the Waverly or the things like that, but Mm -hmm. I think the
0: only major one I've really done is the Sally house. So, yeah, I mean, I've done a few other local big ones, but I think the Sally House was probably one of the bigger ones I've ever done.
1: Yeah. Again, you know, the Bill Cemetery, I think it's just it's one of those ones because it, it's such a it's such a roll of the dice for for anybody that comes through there. I mean, one you'll get where it's like, well, yeah, I had a po- you know, pretty positive interaction and then other people just go man i just i don't ever want to like go back to that one there you know so and that's what makes it so <laughs> it's one of the interesting uh, places to go because unlike say the palmer house we have here look in sock center or the thayer house where the ghosts are they're pretty benign uh the palmer house in the basement area is a little you know is a little creepy and stuff and has a little darker aspect to it but the most part people kind of come out of there going oh you know what? I had some really interesting experiences. There was nothing, there was nothing negative about it. I, I would say, when you have an experience of, um, you know, something dark and stuff, it's not like something where it's just, yep, I had something, you know, I had something happen on there, and I can go to bed and I uh, wake up at six in the morning and forget all about it. It's just, yeah. <laughs> It's like it the creepy movie. It's like the creepy movie that has the wor- the just the worst scenes or something, kind of in the back of your mind, and it plays over and over and and so for like the next week or so, you're just tripping. <laughs> like what?
0: what? What what is the uh, Palmer House? Is there a particular history there?
1: Yeah, so I believe it was 1900. Uh, it was originally um, a brothel, and then uh, it turned it into being the, Pal- the Palmer House. I think it was like in 1910, that was built. And so it was like a 19 area room at the time. And it was mainly for people who were traveling by train and stuff. Business people would be able to come there to congregate and, you know, speak and start and just kind of hang out. And it was a pretty good hotel. Uh, pretty good hotel. It was actually one of the hotels that, that first had electricity and stuff and uh, indoor plumbing. So it was pretty much the talk of the town. There's been a claim that a little boy uh, died there of an illness back around that time. You know, back in those days, they had they had actually the underground tunnel where I think where it's believed like the the original like some of the gangsters and stuff like that would deliver their their alcohol and all that stuff. So, and then of course, you know, with the, I, I believe with the prostitution and stuff like that is where like say in room 17, um, there's a reported. A uh, prostitute named Lucy, who's you know pretty fairly active, and you know she'll mess with the temperature and close the door. And there's more activity in that in that area. I think they had one of the people from uh, Ghost Adventures there too. I think his name was uh, Gonzalez or Frank. He was there.
0: Oh, I was just going to say, how do you deal with healthy skepticism? How what is your line? You know what I mean? Because a lot of paranormal investigators. Unfortunately, you know some are more using this word because I can't think of a better one. Yeah. Some are more gullible than others because they just want to believe so much. But how do you draw that line of skepticism to your belief system?
1: I tell them like again right off the bat, you know, you either believe or you don't. But I always tell them, I'm like, come on in an investigation. Let's let's put your you know, your beliefs or your, you know, your theories or what you don't think is going on to the test. And then, you know, when you come out, there you go. I have more, I love to just put them right in the fire and just kind of try to show them how I would do it as far as for having a, a second verification of something or the idea of like photos and stuff. I like to use, you know, obviously everybody and their mom, you know, does with the digital camera and stuff. And people kind of look at me and they kind of a little wide-eyed like, well, what's your favorite? T- and I go, you know what? The Polaroid camera, mm-hmm. because you take that. Honestly, you can't fake a Polaroid. You can't fake a Polaroid. You, it's the the results are instant. Um, yeah, you, you're not accused of double exposure. Yep. I hope this is kind of going along in your question, or, at, or I'm asking your or answering your question. Um, the on the recorder aspect too, like you can get a really good EVP where. You know, somebody says hello or somebody says something. But when I'm doing, you know, when I'm kind of looking at the EVP aspect, if it doesn't correlate with what I'm trying to get answered or if it doesn't correlate with maybe giving me an extra clue on um, solving something according to what the history of it, I'll just flat out disregard it because EVPs and photos and stuff, they're a dime a dozen. It's Mm -hmm. all about bringing the story of that individual back to life and not forgetting what's what's going on which is why storytelling is a really important aspect of getting that story out there of the, the individuals we have a place it's called the Tanner Hospital it looks like a castle basically in our okay. town and everybody talks about it but imagine though when you have all these little historic places in your town and then all of a sudden An investigator comes in there and goes, wow, caught an EVP thing. Like, when did this certain activity take place in 1892 or something, you know, along that area? They research it, and all of a sudden, it just opens up a plethora of, like, a new door of history and enables, like, a new aspect of finding new things. And then all of a sudden, now, you got this place that hasn't really been talked about very much among the locals and now all of a sudden this shows up and now you've got historians going wow it's just this new piece you find and then all of a sudden other people are like (laughs) wow wait a minute what you know and they're like i gotta check this place out again well maybe i had thoughts about this place you know 20 years ago but now i gotta check out this information and stuff and maybe just even a thought i had about this place Totally, it's changed. You changed the game, literally. Yeah. When you come out with stuff like that, I could post pictures and EVPs all flipping day, and you're still gonna have the. That's why I say you believe it, you don't. I'm still gonna have these skeptics going. Yeah, here's the. Here we go again on this treadmill. Yeah, I don't believe that. That's freak. I don't believe that. That's freak And here goes this photo and stuff, and it's like, but okay. So let me tell you this. I got this EVP back in that says in 1892 that this happened or this led to this oh now what yeah you know what we just dug up some research that correlates with that now what you know what I mean so yep. (laughs) correlating that that's when you start getting up on there I get I'll get messages sometimes where they say Dan how come you don't post if you go on my page and stuff you'll notice When my posts are, unless it's like for a fundraising activity or something or, or I'm doing something. But along the aspect of like making videos or something, unless it's like pretty cool, you see social media and stuff like that. And I get it. Like, you know, you want to try to be consistent and that's awesome. But at times, though, it's like when you see the post from the same person or something, you go look and oh, yeah, yeah, there's that post again or whatever it's just like you too when you don't visit somebody for a long time and you come back you know your enthusiasm is like oh hey man i haven't seen you like ages <laughs> it just kind of hits you like you, you know and that's another tactic too i like to you know like to do is just like you know how the ghosts go they we work in silence man we don't come out and go hey here i am do you have a team so currently i have a team um it's a Randy Bryant uh, controls most of, like, the research on things. Um, My wife does more of the handling, kind of like the personal, um, the PR, kind of like public relations. And then I just have another guy that does, he's more of, like, promotional, just kind of handing out the cards. He acts more of an assistant-wise. I just generally handle the process of the the investigation, um, what the steps that we're going to take to go ahead and do it and stuff like that. And I just do that. Yeah. Hell yeah.
0: I was going to ask, like, have you personally had any times where, I don't want to say a terrifying experience when you've been doing an investigation, but is there any times that you were just shook?
1: I would have to say I flew for uh, a client in Ohio. Um, Her name was Betty Nickum. She was kind of a sensitive herself, and she was complaining that they had a hostile spirit down in their basement area, but it was actually kind of like a lower lower level kind of living room. It looked more like a living room than anything else. But I can remember where I had asked a question like, why are you, I just simply, I'm like, why are you bothering these people or something? I instantly felt like this brush of just being in the worst physical, mental mind frame. And it almost felt like somebody was taking a knot in your brain and just squeezing the, the hell out of it. And then the sense of, like, I'm just waiting for something to pop. And, like, the the heart rate is just going up as if I'm thinking back to, like, all those little nightmares you had as a kid when you get up and you're running in your parents' bedroom. That one in in Medina was the one that really stuck with me because uh, I guess it was the first time ever where I didn't feel like I actually had control at all. Like, I just whatever's going to, where I'm going to go or what's going to happen. Like I've never had that, that loss of control before. And I think that was what the, not, not so much of like the spirit being hostile as it was because besides the, you know, the native American faith and stuff, I do have a, you know, a strong faith in God and stuff. And I try to incorporate that. But yeah, it wasn't the sense of that because I was yeah trying to tell it to leave. But yeah, when you have a sense of just not feeling, not even being yourself or not even being, not, not knowing all what's going to happen. It's almost like somebody just coming and telling you, hey, you know, your child has been hit by a car. We don't think it's going to make it. Plus, you have like six months to live. Just on top of that, all in one, I guess it, that's, I guess that's what really contributed to the shook factor. Yeah, that's probably the only time okay. ever walked away just and still thinking about it. And that, that was back in 2008. So I still just, (laughs) it still feels just as real as if I, you know, yesterday.
0: How do you deal with going into an investigation to try to help somebody and you have to tell them, Hey, I really don't think there's anything going on here. I think it's more, you know, maybe you, maybe you need to talk to somebody. How do you deal with situations like that?
1: Well, first off, I flat out tell them you have to, you have to flat out tell people, Hey, um, I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of these things aren't going to be haunted. I mean, I'm not saying that what you're going through is crap, but you explain the process of what you're doing because a lot of them, they'll just go in and they'll say, yep, we got our equipment here set up. We got our, whatever. We'll let you know. If you're explaining with them and what you're doing and Hey, this is what a flash looks like on your pictures or something and it. Yeah, it does look like a, it kind of can look like a ghost or explain that. So I, yeah, you have to be like right off the bat. You just have to give it to them straight and then just say, well, you know, if there's anything else we can do to, to help or something. But as far as this is what the criteria that we're doing says, you know, I'm not judging you. I'm not. I'm just going by what the criteria says and leave it at that. I've had a lot more positive um, experience because they respect that. I mean, you go into a, the doctor's office and the doctor flat out tells you, hey, you've been smoking 20 years. You got cancer, man. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> you're pissed at the doctor and you're pissed at whatever, but you respect what he said. It's yeah. writing on yeah. the wall. So that's how I try to do it because, you know, I don't feel, I can't obviously feel what another person feels. And they're probably going to believe it till the day they die or something. But as long as I let them know flat off the bat what I'm doing, my intention, where I'm coming from, that's all I can do. And I think I'll have a lot more respect in the end because of it.
0: Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. I'd rather have the brutal truth, you know, and just flat out tell me as opposed to, you know, don't sugarcoat it, man. Just flat out tell me what's going on and, you know, maybe some advice on how to fix it. Whatever the situation was, but yeah, I'm pretty much the same way. Is there any places that you've been to, though, that you were, like, severely disappointed? Where you heard all the stories about all this paranormal stuff and when you got there, it's like... Yeah, I don't know. The research doesn't match the stories. I don't think there's really anything going on here. I don't know what everybody's talking about type
1: situation. Oh yeah, absolutely. I will tell you right now, the they call it Nopamink Sanitarium in Duluth. I absolutely one hundred percent that was a complete poop show. Um even like researching the what the like the board of directors and stuff were talking about the place, it, you know, they'll say, Well, there's spirits here if you dare or if you believe or something. And there was one thing where it was like, those ghost guys or whatever will pay up anywhere like a $1,000 or something. I read in like one interview. And I'm looking at that and immediately after, it, this was after I had, you know, we had gone through and stuff. And I'm just like, Pfft. people talk about it to this day. Like, you know, the Minnesota Waverly Hills. And again, it just goes back to that whole, that circle pick or that face in the fire, you know,
0: yeah, <laughs> I don't want to say I love calling out that stuff, but I do.
1: <laughs> I do. I, I have to. I, I'm sorry. Sorry, Dopaming, but besides. That's I, what it is, man. <laughs> you know, I'm just a like I said, I'm just a peon. You know, the best thing I can say about having such a small audience, I can guarantee you that everybody at least once or twice, every one of those people I've connected with, whether it's wishing them a happy birthday calling up to see how they're doing that's the connection i want uh, that connection is going to live
0: yeah i agree with that that's i pride myself on that as well
1: and you know the relationships that you build um with things help nope may maybe turn into a flipping uh sports bar yeah or sports bar or something for all i know but again the the connections live on man even even after death i mean I'm sure you've had a best friend or relative that's passed away or something. You know, you still come out there once in a while or something. Pour them a drink, you know.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Do you guys? Do you have any plans coming up? Any places that you guys are going to be hitting up or anything?
1: Yeah, so we're going to try to do the the Boyd House in um, in Minnesota. Hmm.
0: What's the story with that?
1: Apparently, there was somebody or there was a couple people that ended up passing away in there. Um, it's just kind of one of those ones that I just decided to hit up. I haven't done any real research on it yet. So nice. that one, more, I, I got a few just kind of more promotional things as far as for, with the papers and uh, stuff like that for October. And then, of course, with uh, some of the wrestling events, I haven't really, yeah, been able to do any research for that. But uh, that's just one of the ones that just kind of came across the radar. So,
0: What's one place that you would love to go? I'll give you a top three. I'll give you a top three.
1: My top three would be um, the Mountainsville State Prison, and yep, yeah. Mountainsville. My second one would be Oh Trans Lunatic Asylum. My number, well, actually, my number one top spot would be some recommendation of a place that I haven't even I haven't even heard of. Yeah, I don't know the name of it yet, but I hope that somebody comes up and, and uh, allows me to come up there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's like, just message me and tell me to show up, and I will.
1: If you ever interview a lot of uh, bartenders, you'll find that a lot of them despise ghosts. A lot of them despise ghosts.
0: Yeah, my local one, uh, my local watering hole that I go to, the bartender there is always complaining. She's like, that that freaking ghost in the back, and I'm like, are you sure it's not the ice maker turning on? She's like, I'm positive. (laughs) (laughs) Like, all right, because they know what I'm into, so they're always like, You need to freaking do something about this. It's like, I don't know what you want me to do. I'm pretty sure it's the ice maker and kick it on, you know.
1: I always get a lot of comments and say, Well, yeah, I hate them. I hate them flipping ghosts because they steal all the booze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a dad with my pun jokes so. Like, it's horrible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like he said, Northland paranormal. Go. Go give them a like on Facebook and check out some of their stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have a we have some pretty cool uh, merchandise here. Um, have some sweatshirts that actually glow. But what's interesting about them is usually you need heat to make them glow. These actually, because of the cold, when you come in, they, they actually get activated more with the cold. We also have yeah. hats available where you can. They have like a little lower LED that kind of that kind of comes on with the logo and stuff on the back. Oh, really? Oh yeah, I'm, things like I'm that. I'm in the market so.
0: for a new hat, so I'm going to have to check out your merch shop.
1: Yeah, I'll definitely uh, send you some pictures and stuff. And uh, yeah, and check that out for there. What
0: is it? Well, speaking of uh, which, speaking of pictures and stuff like that, what is some of the most compelling evidence that you've walked away with?
1: Yeah, that's that's a really good question. So just recently, I had posted a video where I was at the local Beale Cemetery, and uh, story went that there's a gatekeeper there. Dressed in the mid 30s to 40s, he kind of presents himself kind of like a black shadow. And I just was testing out my um, the new REM pod that I got from uh, Southern Paranormal. It looks like, just you know it's like a little. For anybody that doesn't know what the REM pod is, it basically just measures the um, electromagnetic activity around. So if a spirit does come by, literally this one I actually had broken the the, the top part of the antenna off because I don't want it to be very sensitive at all. So I ended up putting this on this gate where he was um, known to be at, and I was standing seven to eight feet away, and I said, hey, if you're here, can you simply please turn on my, make my REM pod go, and it literally, like, just after I had asked for it, it literally looked like it was thrown and was still beeping even when it landed on the ground. I tried. What is a REM pod? Yeah, so the REM pod is basically it uh, works like an EMF electromagnetic uh, frequency. Uh, it works basically the same way. It just basically activates though when when uh, any energy or any of the electromagnetic field is near. So and on this particular one, you literally have to put your hand on it for the most part in order to in order to make it go. And also too, I was putting my kind of like my hand back and forth like if we had like big bugs. You know, if that had gone, it would just make, like, a simple beep. But what made it just so compelling was the fact that it not only happened just once, but it, it beeped twice. And the fact that I was far away um, both times. Also, what came into factor was the, the wind speed was only one mile an hour. So as far as yeah. for any sort of wind blowing it off or and it was secured inside of the gate, that one literally just... I don't have any explanation for it. You know, I, I, just, I always tell people, I just say, you know what? I don't have any explanation for it. I don't just like, well, that's paranormal or anything like that. I just, Hey, check this out. You know, when I was telling you earlier about Medina, I had gotten a pretty cool picture of what appeared to be a woman in the window. And I would asked, um, are you here? And I get this weird child. Like, I don't know. It was a cross between like a child and something else, but it was clear. It's just like a, wow. Wow. it went from for about five seconds and I'll I'll, uh, I'll send you the audio for that
0: okay. when
1: I was kinda of doing a staging ceremony for in Medina there for that for that spirit and stuff. And my EMF um, was constantly on red the whole time. After we had gotten done. Good, and of course I don't want to sound cliche like but um, after that it just felt they didn't have any problems after that. It stayed green. And they never had, yeah, they I did a two week follow up after that. I never got anything anything else negative about that. We first moved into our place here. This is the only time that it's ever happened. We never had any other experiences. But my daughter has. She had these uh, two Fisher Price walkie talkies. One was completely mm-hmm. broke. The other one had a complete like a complete loose connection. So it was pretty much broke anyway. Um, it would kind of come on a little bit, but yeah, it, we were we were in the midst of actually getting rid of some stuff, throwing it away. And that video I have uh, posted on where you hear like, mommy, are, it sounded like mommy, are you there? They were side by side and Brandy had just said, hey, that's that's weird, you know, and so she sent me that. And the day after, actually, I went around the neighborhood, I asked anybody, any <laughs> kids had any walkie-talkies that they, you know, currently have in their possession or, you know, and um, explain the situation. And uh, they go, no, we don't have anybody around in that area because I know that, you know, walkie talkies can pick up uh, you know, other yeah. That's other hard things. to wrap your
0: head around, dude.
1: <laughs> but the fact that again, it only happened one time and nobody was was there. The walkie talkies were completely broke anyway. And out of the course of you know, kind of been doing it on you know, like on and off since two thousand eight, and I decided to take it public in twenty twenty. But on and off, the real experiences that are not experiences, but evidence that I that I captured is so few and far between. And personally, I like it that way.
0: So um, tell everybody where they can get a hold of you social media wise and where they can find you and follow your investigations and what you guys are doing. Because like we were talking earlier, you do do a lot of stuff in your community as well. So highlight it, man.
1: Yeah. So you can find me at uh, Northland Paranormal on Facebook. Yeah. Give up my number. My number is one two one eight, two three five nine eight six four. If you have any questions, if you just want to chat, I'm pretty much always available. Be there. I'm currently working on my uh, my website. Uh, if you want to stop by there, then I'll be posting, of course, all my uh, what's going on with the events and stuff. And uh, I don't post very many of the EVPs or videos unless I feel like it's cool enough to do. So don't be be too disappointed if you don't see too many. But um, the ones that you do see, I think would be pretty worth it. So, um, yeah. And I just want to thank anybody awesome. who comes across this podcast, who listened to this podcast, who took a time out of their day to find out about me. I really thank for the support. And again, I thank you as far as for just being the. Po- this is actually the first podcast I've had for the year to uh, come out and stuff. So you know, I'm. A-
0: I'll pop the cherry, buddy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, again, man, I can't even, I can't even thank you, thank you enough. And again, when it comes to Parapha, man, your brother, man.
0: Nah, I appreciate it, dude. It's same with you, man. I loved it because we just started talking and we just, we didn't even intro. Like, it's funny because I'm going to have to do a separate intro because when we started talking, we just didn't stop. And that's not a bad thing. That is not a bad thing at all. That's, I don't know, that's what I like about good conversation, because we were both into it, so, it's like I wasn't going to stop, you know what I mean? It's like, nah, we're, we're going, we're rolling, dude. <laughs>
1: nice, and like I said, if you're ever in the Minneapolis area, man, we gotta, let's, let's catch a game, let's, uh...
0: Yeah, I'll go know. up there and watch watch the Vikings <laughs> lose, man. <laughs> you know, I always say... Unfortunately. Well, I suppose, man, I'll go ahead and let you enjoy your Sunday, and hopefully watch some football. I know I'm going to for sure.
1: All right, man. Bye.
0: (laughs) Bye.